amen. Come on in. Find a seat. We've got some wonderful seats up front here. You know, I can only make fun of that a little bit. Most churches don't have the front row never gets sat in, so we ought to be thankful for that. Amen? I ought to be more thankful than that about it. (laughs) We're going to sing number 298, God Leads Us Along. And if you can, let's all stand. Let's all stand. 298. Two hundred ninety eight in the blue. In shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet. Some through the water. 
that song. Brother Luce, if you would, open this prayer. Please do be seated. Well, it's good to see everyone. It's a beautiful day. We're glad everyone is here. And uh, uh, just a couple of things as we are having a fellowship Sunday today. This is uh, Labor Day weekend. And and, uh, so we're going to have a good time of fellowship. Look like a lot of good foods already down there. So please stay. I'm sure we have plenty. And uh, then also, please stay for after. Uh, We're going to get together about 1.30. And uh, we're going to have our young people take over the service. we got uh, one lead singing and three of them preaching. And uh, I'm excited for you. You all excited for that? I don't know, guys. <laughs> Let's try that again. You all excited for them to preach this afternoon? <laughs> hey, very good. Amen. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, these young men, uh, the ones preaching anyway, uh, came forward and confessed at at camp this year that the Lord had called them to preach, amen? And uh, they need opportunities. So let me encourage you. I I said this this morning, is uh, one of the greatest blessings is when somebody will come to you and and say, hey, I got this out of your message today. Encourage them that way. Listen to them and get something good. And uh, good to have our visitors here with us this morning. And... um, uh, and then also this, uh, anybody interested in going to the Esther show, today's probably the last day to sign up if you're going to sit with us. So uh, uh, it's uh, for anybody in my, in my adult Sunday school class, if you'd like to go, please do let us know. But uh, I need to buy the tickets this week. And so uh, uh, please do get your names up there. It's September the 23rd at 3.30. We'll probably leave here uh, before lunchtime, get something to eat, and uh, have some fellowship there, then go to the play and then come home. Uh, so do be in prayer for that, but please do put your name on the list if you'd like to go for that. We also have a ladies' meeting we need to get signed up for. And, uh, and then uh, Brother Jimmy's got something going next Sunday. So. Yeah. Friday night, excuse me. Or at our house, and then next Sunday we're keeping all the kids from the Sandy spot up uh, for a time of fellowship with the kids, and we all have a special Friday. Amen. If you have any questions about that, please do ask Brother Jimmy. All right, we're going to receive our morning tithes and offerings at this time. Let's do be in prayer for one another. Pray for those who are not with us. Be in prayer for the many prayer requests. Uh, did have a good visit with uh, Ray and Dana, but do continue to pray for her as they try to get her medicine straightened away. So, Brother Jason, if you would, ask the Lord's blessing.
right, get your hymnals and turn to number 134. 134. Amen. I know that my Redeemer liveth and on the earth can shall stand. I know eternal life he giveth and grace and power are in his hand. I know, I know that Jesus liveth and on the earth again shall stand. I know, I know that life he giveth and grace and power are in his hand. I know his promise never faileth the word he speaks. sing the one next to what we're supposed to sing. I want to sing number 44. Okay? Number 44. I'm sorry. Turn to number 44. You hello with me? Did I catch you off guard? I'll sing loud.
needed to stand on your tiptoes for that last verse. So if you can, let's all stand for these last two verses. If you can, stay seated. If you can, stand with us. Here we go. Give me that tiptoe room. Here we go. He left his father's throne above, so free. Exodus chapter 3. Excuse me. Exodus chapter 6. If you want to go to Exodus chapter 3, we'll be in Exodus chapter 6. Sorry about that. Exodus chapter 6. We've been looking, uh, of course, at uh, the book of Exodus, the life of Moses so far. But now we're getting into his contest with Pharaoh. You see last week that he demanded that, uh, that Pharaoh let his people go. It was a reasonable request, and uh, of course, uh, Pharaoh's pride wouldn't allow him to take and to do it. And, uh, and so now, the contest is on, if you will. And so in chapter 6, the Bible says, and it came to pass uh, when, uh, that's in Genesis, excuse me. <coughs> that's a good message too, but not today, amen. <laughs> Didn't do that on purpose, sorry about that. I did forget my glasses at home, though. It says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses, and said unto him, I am the Lord, and I am peered unto Abraham, and unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them, to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers, and I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and will bring uh, you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage. 
and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which uh, bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land concerning uh, the which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it you for an heritage. I am the Lord. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and, cruel, and for cruel bondage. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Go in and speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt that he let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of uncircumcised lips? And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel, and unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Let's pray. Father, we do love you. We thank you for the privilege to sing your praises here this morning. Father, we thank you that we could worship you with our giving, but now we just pray that you'd help us to put aside the cares of the world for a time. Father, speak to us from your word. Give understanding by your spirit. And Father, help us to respond according to your perfect will. Be with those who are apart from us. But Father, more than anything, we pray that you would meet with us now. Father, we love you and we thank you now in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You know, I was looking at this portion of Scripture, and the thing that jumped out to me is that this is just the way that God does things. As you take and you look at this portion of Scripture, one of the things that, to me, is very important in the Word of God is we shouldn't be looking at it as history. We shouldn't be looking at it as stories. But uh, these are biblical accounts that God has specifically chosen. I promise you this, if the world cannot contain all the books that could be written about Jesus, the world can't contain all the books he could have written up to this point. I mean, he could have told us everything that happened before the flood. He could have told us just so many other things. But he told us the things that were important for life and for faith. And as we look at this portion of Scripture, it's interesting to me, the way he's dealing with the Egyptians is also the way that he quite often deals with us It is certainly the way that he deals with the lost, okay? And so I want to just take and and look at this this morning as we take and we think about the way that God does things. This is just his way. This is just his manner. And in verse 1, we see a very important word. Notice what it says here. It says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now, now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. If you will, the, the first thing that we see is that he gives his enemies a fair chance. You say, well, who are his enemies? And the Bible says that before we trust Christ as our Savior, that we are at enmity with God. Can I say this? Before salvation, you're God's enemy. Amen? After salvation, you were God's enemy. Amen? But praise the Lord, we are now the family of God, the friends of God, the church of God, just uh, how those different things apply. But uh, my whole point is this, is, is, is now is the key word. Uh, he, he's taken and he, he's, he's demanded. He says, you're going to do this. I am the Lord. Of course, uh, Pharaoh says, who is the Lord that I should obey him? And of course, the contest is on. We, we see that this contest is not just uh, Egypt, but it's the contest from the Garden of Eden between, if you will, Satan and between the seed and, if you will, uh, between the devil and between the Christ. And, and, and so, if you will, it, it's from the beginning. We've already looked at that. But now we see that he is just taking and dealing the way that he always does in the life of an unbeliever. He gives his enemies a fair chance. 
I want you this, you know, a lot of people might think, well, what about people in deepest, darkest Africa? I don't know if people say that nowadays, but when we were young, that's what people would always say. How is somebody in deepest, darkest Africa going to hear about the Lord? How are they going to hear about this? I, I, I know this. God's not willing that any should perish. And God was able to find the Ethiopian eunuch in the middle of a wilderness. Come on now, amen? And he got a gospel witness to him. If he can do that then, he can do that now. And my whole point is this, is, is don't ever think that somebody is beyond their ability to be responsible to give an answer concerning uh, God and uh, his, if you will, reaching out to them. And so he gives his enemies a fair chance. Uh, think about this. Now that he has given Pharaoh a chance to do the right thing. And he did. He said, let my people go. He says, we're going to go out in the wilderness three days. We talked about what that meant. They were going to go one, two, three days. They were going to travel, then they were going to have their celebration, then they were going to go one, two, three days, and uh, they were going to come back, they were going to be gone for a week. He asked for a religious week. That's not unreasonable. That's, that's uh, uh, you know, many people take a week off uh, vacation every year anyway. It wasn't an unreasonable request. And it wasn't a request, it was a command. Let my people go that they may, min- that they may worship me, if you will, in the wilderness, and that they will sacrifice and not offend your people. Listen, we're not trying to create a problem. We just want to take and be able to do what I want them to do. Uh, By the way, if God was in charge then, is God still in charge today? Amen. If you didn't get to hear that message, I encourage you. Uh, We put these on sermon audio. You can always go back and and listen to them again. But if you will, he had given Pharaoh a chance to do the right thing. And now that we've seen Pharaoh has responded in the wrong way. Uh, if you go to chapter 5 and look at verse 19, just to give you an address for this, I'll probably just review it. But in verse 19, the Bible says that he told them that they had to make brick, they had to do it without straw, and they had to keep up with the same tally that they had before. It was an unfair request, it was an unreasonable request. By the way, it was an impossible request. Uh, meaning this, uh, they were going to get punished. There was no way they were going to be able to make enough bricks to take and to satisfy them. And so, if you will, he was uh, lifting up his fists and he was exercising his power and he was going to show who was in charge. And by the way, that's what the devil does. We talked about that, but the devil, quite often, rather than getting right, he just doubles down. Ever notice that? By the way, I hate that. I hate that term, but that's the term that everybody talks about today. He just, he does, if you think this was bad, he does it again, he does it again, he does it worse, he does it more, and it's just the way that the devil works, okay? And so, not only was he given a fair chance, but he didn't respond in the right way. We'll see this here more in a second, but it had discouraged the people. Any of y'all get discouraged because you get tired of watching the nightly news? <laughs> It's just so much nonsense and so much bad stuff and, and different things like that. Well, the devil's busy. He's still about his business too, okay? And then notice, uh, um, look what it says. I'm trying to save some time here, but look what it says in verse 19 again. It says, And the, and the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in evil case. After it was said, Ye shall not minish aught from your bricks of your or daily tasks. He said, Oh, no, we're in trouble. We, we, okay? And the Bible says, and they met Moses and Aaron and uh, stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, the Lord look upon you and judge. He said, listen, if you keep reading, he says, you haven't made our lives better. You've made our lives worse. Listen, if we thought we had hard bondage before, our, our bondage is worse now that you've gotten involved. Now that you've tried. And by the way, that is the nature of a broken person. 
rather than wanting to be delivered or changed, they just want to go back to what they're used to. And, and can I just say this? These people were broken. These people were broken. Uh, the Bible says, uh, we'll, we'll look at this here further here in a second. You know, God tells them the end from the beginning. We know this. God has told us the end from the beginning. Um, but he has to allow things to play out so that man can see that he knows man's heart. What do I mean by that? How many of y'all know this? He knew how Pharaoh was going to respond. And he told Moses how Pharaoh was going to respond. And then when he responded that way, everybody was shocked. Okay? How many of y'all believe this? Uh, Jesus was born, lived, and died according to the Gospels? How many of y'all noticed that he also told us that in the very first book of the Bible in Genesis? He says, there's going to be a battle. Uh, uh, he's going to crush your head. You're going to bruise his heel. And, and, and everybody, yeah, 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 okay, we believe that, we believe that, we believe that. But can I just tell you this? Human beings are like this. A lot of times they don't want to just be told. They want to take and see. Okay? How many of y'all believe Jesus is coming again? Y'all believe that? Anybody know when? Does that, anybody ever get discouraged he hadn't come yet? Anybody know any preachers that uh, said that they were going uh, to live until the Lord came, but you went to their funeral? Okay. <laughs> Amen. Uh, here's my whole point is this. Guys, sometimes, man, does God know the end from the beginning? Could he tell us how it's all going to play out? And could he then just say, just trust me? And wouldn't it be fair for us to say, you know what, we should just trust him. He knows how it's going to turn out. But folks, human beings are hard-headed sometimes. And sometimes you've got to go through the fire. Sometimes you've got to see the results of what he said for yourselves. Uh, I'll give you some illustrations here. I want you to think about this. But uh, what does the Bible say about our heart? What kind of heart do you all have? Do you all bring a good heart here today? <laughs> Sitting you up, right? Well, according to Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9, the Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things, say it with me, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So I want you to know all you wicked-hearted people sitting out here this morning. I'm preaching. It don't apply to me. That's a lie. Y'all have desperately wicked hearts? Is that what we go around telling people? Well, I have a desperately wicked heart, and given a chance, I'm going to be selfish about the things in my life, and I'm going to take advantage of you, because that's just how I'm built. No, the, the, the story usually goes like this. I'm, I'm a pretty good person. I'm not so bad. And God says, no, you need to know that in your heart, in your flesh, dwelleth no good well, I'm not so bad. Well, then let's let this play out a little bit and let's see what happens if I just let it go for a while. And folks, God let it go for 400 years and the depravity and the wickedness and the suffering that was taking place of Egypt got to the point where it's incomprehensible. I'm, I'm reading a little bit of World War II history right now. And folks, can I tell you, we better learn from history, folks. We better learn from history. You know why? Because Jeremiah chapter 17 and 9 says, The heart of deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. 
and it's going to result in everybody's death. Is that what the Bible says? The wages of sin is? Do you all believe that? But I will tell you this. Some people would say, I don't believe that. Okay, let's let it play out a little bit. Folks, again, World War II, if you'll forgive me. By the way, how many of you all know that in our American schools today, they have ceased teaching history um, until after World War II? They don't teach World War II anymore. They teach history after World War II. Do you think it might be a good idea for to let our kids know how desperately wicked mankind is? But you know why? Is because they won't read the Bible and they won't listen to God, and sometimes they got to see it for themselves. And so sometimes God will put you in a situation where you take and you shake your fist at him and you deny him, and he just says, all right, I'm going to sit on the sidelines. By the way, do we have a, a gracious God? Do we have a merciful God? Do we have a God who can deliver us from anything? Why do you let me go through this? Because you wouldn't believe me, and now you got to see it for yourself. And folks, I'm just telling you that that's how God works in our lives sometimes. Sometimes God has to let the scripture that we disobey, and we, sometimes we have to take in the scriptures that we prefer not to listen to, and, and, and the truths that we've been taught, and, and we say, well, I just don't believe that. And God says, that's fine. Then we're going to let it play out in your life. And listen, God doesn't need to prove that he's right. He is right. You need to see he's right. The lost needs to see he's right. Why? He knows the end from the beginning. He is holy. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He knows. But he lets things play out. Why? So that we can see. I want you to think about this, but I told you so. You guys ever heard that? Now, some of you are being pretty sheepish about that. Has anybody here ever thought, I told you so? Can I ask you, is that any fun? Because you know what's usually happening when you tell somebody, I told you so? You told your kid not to touch the stove, they touched the stove. And now they're missing fingerprints on three fingers. They're crying, they're in pain. We got to go to the hospital! And you look at them, hopefully with compassion, and say, I told you so. The next time I tell you something, listen. And folks, God allows that in our lives so that we'll learn to listen before we have to hear him say, I told you so. He gives his enemies a fair chance. He gave Pharaoh a fair chance. He gave the inhabitants of Israel a fair chance. He gave all those that went through the Red Sea a fair chance. Amen. Because everything that he did, he told them what was going to happen and that they needed to trust him. Amen. And so, if you will, he gives his enemies a fair chance. And by the way, he keeps his promises. I, man, I'm so glad God keeps his promises. Amen. Can I encourage you? This is just uh, me helping And if you don't listen to me, I'll tell you I told you so. (laughs) Joking. Your laugh or else I can't move on. (laughs) Um, The Bible tells us not to vow a vow we're not going to keep. 
Can I encourage you, be careful about your promises. Because we don't know the end from the beginning. Can I tell you one thing that you ought to do as parents? Don't ever punish yourself by punishing your children. What do I mean by that? You do that one more time, we're not going to Silver Dollar City. And then they do it one more time and you have a family crisis because one of your kids needs a babysitter that you cannot find. And they can't go because you said they cannot go. Now guess what? Now you can't go either. That's just free advice. I'm not going to get any amens out of that one. Amen. <laughs> Don't ever punish your children. Don't ever punish yourself when you're disciplining your children. Amen. I kind of just want to stop there for a second. <laughs> Amen. But can I say this? If you promise to go to Silver Dollar City, don't not go to Silver Dollar City. Why? Because it speaks of our character. Amen? I would tell you this. If you're going to take and you're going to make a promise, how many of y'all would want to trust in a God that didn't keep his promises? Nobody? Well, me either. And that's a wonderful thing that he says in verse 2. Look at verses 2 through 4 back in our text. Chapter 6, verse 2. And God spoke uh, unto Moses, and he said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, and to Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of the Lord Jehovah, uh, but by my name, Jeho uh, excuse me, Lord God Almighty, excuse me, name of God Almighty, I'm going to get it right here. But by the name Jehovah was I not known unto them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of the pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And he says this, he said, listen, I promised that they were going to go into Egypt for 400 years, and then they were going to come out, they were going to spoil the Egyptians, I'm going to give them the land of Abraham's sojourn, that's going to be their promised land, and I am going to fulfill my promises. Amen. And i got to tell you something, I'm glad God keeps his promises. Why? Because that's just the way he does things. He keeps his promises. You know, he said, I made a promise to Abraham. I made a promise to Isaac. I made a promise to Jacob. We could add to that. I made a promise to David. I made a promise to Judah. I made a promise to David. Amen. And, and I've made a promise through the word of God. Amen. You can bank on the promises I've made you. Why? That, listen, that, we're just singing songs. I know in whom I have believed. Don't you love, don't you love singing those songs, thinking of those verses, amen? Why? God made me a promise. You know what he promised me? He promised me if I would call on him in faith that he would give me everlasting life. Praise God. You say, well, I'm, I'm a pretty wicked person. He said, if you ask, I'll give it to you. Well, you don't know what I've done. He said, if you'd ask, he'd give it to you. Folks, I've got to tell you something. That's the wonderful thing about faith, meaning what? When it says this, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him, is a sense of fulfillment of he keeps his promises. Amen. And so if you will, uh, if you're here today, you know, so many people, they, they want to take and they want to doubt the word of God and they want to manipulate the word of God. Can I just tell you the best thing to do is to just believe the word of God? Why? Because he keeps his promises. I don't know about you, I'm kind of looking forward to him coming again, amen? Be nice to, to take and to be in church on the day when he calls you out, amen? It'd be a good place to be, amen? So if you will, he gives his enemies a fair chance. He keeps his promises. 
And he continually reveals more and more and more of himself to us. What do I mean by that? Go back to our text, if you will, and look at verse 3. It's interesting to me here, and, and I, could, I could camp and talk about the covenant and how it was made and everything. Suffice it to say, if God makes a promise, he's going to keep it. But um, he says this. He says, he says to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I wasn't known by the name Jehovah. Okay? Uh, help me. What does Jehovah mean? That one's in Exodus chapter 3. Who should I say sent me? I am. Okay? And I am is just the verb. It's the to be verb. Okay? It's, it's uh, in a... Uh, in, uh, Help me now. In Hebrew, it's Amy, okay? And uh, that's where you get the Jehovah, okay? And it means the self-existent God, meaning this. How long has God been God? He's always been God. When did he become God? He didn't become God. He is. He is I mean, he's just the big I am. Y'all, y'all, y'all got it? Think about this. He said, I didn't know him by that name before this. What was his name before that? It was God Almighty, right? Is that what it says in verse 3? How did he know him? He says, God Almighty. Now think about God. Okay. God means the mighty one. Is he the mighty one? All the other gods, by the way, are made of wood, stone, or their mythology. And so when he says this, he says, I am God and there's none like me. There's no other God. I'm the only one. Amen. All of the others are idols or their mythologies or their stones or their, or, 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 or their trees. You all understand? I am God, and I am almighty. By the way, is he almighty? But that is also part of his holy, holy, holy. What makes him different? He's the only God, and he's almighty. Amen. But how many of y'all want to know God better than that? Well, there is a God. I am. And he's almighty. He's, there's none other. Praise the Lord. But how many of y'all would like to know him just a little bit better? I mean, I want you to think about this. Uh, one of the fun studies to do in the Bible is to take and to go through and to study, if you will, the names of God. All right? And uh, uh, there's one of his names is Adonai. What's, anybody know how Adonai is translated? Adonai means, uh, 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 it means Lord, but it's lower case. It's, it's capital L, small case, O-R-D. And it means your master, your boss. Come on now. He's in charge. How many of all, it would be a good thing for you to remember God's in charge? Amen. We're all going to give an account to him someday. Uh, we don't have to worry about working for the boss, because if we're working for Jesus, our boss is going to be happy. And so if he's the king of kings and lord of lords, he's also the boss of bosses. He's the master of masters. You all understand that? And so it's good for us to remember. Uh, there's another one, El Elyon, the, the most high God. Okay, think about that. It would be good to meditate on for a while. El Olam, the everlasting God. By the way, if he was always God, he's always going to be God. Don't have to worry about how long is the universe going to last, by the way. They may know. Because scientists are going to tell us when it's all going to cool together and, and, and conceal and, and blow up again. And, and the, the, the only problem with that is we know it's not true. And by the way, God is going to last longer than this creation. Amen. That's good for us to know. All right. How, how, how about this? El Roy. Okay. It means the strong one who sees or the God who sees. A lot of times these were uh, given to Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, and they would make altars, and, and they would, they would, uh, uh, they would uh, rejoice in God by these names as he revealed himself to, the, uh, to them. 
How about El Shaddai? You guys heard of El Shaddai? El Shaddai means uh, Lord God Almighty or the Mighty God, okay? Aren't you glad to know God's stronger than all your problems? Amen, okay? I, I could go through and I could name, uh, how about this one, Jehovah Jireh. Is that one important? See, that's the God who will provide. See, the Lord will provide himself a lamb for the sacrifice. How many of y'all glad to know that he will provide? And he did provide, amen. You could go through, how about, how about Jehovah Shalom? You guys know that one? I, I'm just going to hit a couple of them. God, our peace. How many of y'all have a peace that passes all understanding? Can I tell you, you only have that because of your relationship with God. We talked about it here earlier today, and so I'm not going to dwell on it too much. The Bible says, God became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of God. And the Apostle Paul says this, he says, Be ye followers of me as I am of Christ. And even in our Sunday school this morning, we took and we saw, well, this is how God interacted between the Pharisee and the publican. By the way, in the world, they hated publicans and they loved Pharisees. And Jesus said the Pharisee's a hypocrite and the publican's actually doing business with God. And he showed compassion. And, 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 and if you will, he didn't practice sin, but the Bible says he did eat with sinners. You know what that means? He was willing to be in the world and make a difference with his neighbor. Praise God. Come on now. Amen. And so if you will, how many of y'all are just glad every time God gives you a little bit better insight about who he is and how powerful he is and how much he cares? And by the way, how about this one? How much he loves you? Uh, anybody here loved? Six of us. We're in trouble. Anybody here loved by someone? By the Lord? Any of y'all love when you're unlovable? I'm looking back at mom back there. I, I'm sorry, all I can think of is those stinky diapers that you change, and you're like, why am I doing this? Because I love this child. <laughs> but they grow up. Please take this the right way. Sometimes they're still stinky, and you still love them. Please take this the right way. How many of y'all have ever taken your relationship with the Lord for granted sometimes, and you find yourself just all stinky, and you realize he still loves you? You know, God takes and he reveals himself in so many ways. And, and he, he does that so that we might have a closer, a better understanding. Um, I, I don't know about you. One of the things I like to do, especially when I travel, I like to collect rocks. And, um, okay, just I got to see how many crazy people there are here. How many of you all like bring rocks home when you go on a trip? Okay, good. We're all nuts. Okay. But um, I, I don't know about you. I always pick up the biggest one I can lift that I like, you know, and, and the rocks are getting smaller every trip. Amen. But it, what do you do when you get that rock? I mean, you turn that over and you look at it, and then you go, is this thing worth carrying all the way home? Right? And then you think, well, I wonder what that thing looks like if I cut it in half. Anybody here got a rock saw? Do you really? 
I don't have to talk to you guys after church, man. I, I got some rocks. I would love to cut that thing open and just look at it. And you know if you don't cut it the right way, you're going to mess it up or something like that, you know. Anyhow, I think about these things too much, I guess. Anybody here got any rocks you like looking at here at church this morning? Huh? Yeah, do you? What is it? No, I'm just saying you got one here at church. You got one here at church today that you like looking at? Is my, my wife here? Can I borrow that for a second? Here? Yes. Now, I don't want to impress you, are. But that stone right there is 100% zirconium. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a long story. <laughs> but honestly, what, what makes that rock so wonderful, and it's a rock, is all the facets. And it's what traps the light, and it's what makes it beautiful, and you, you, you take a look at it. And folks, that's why you see God in so many different ways, is you see the different facets, and you see the different meanings, and the different angles, and the different, you guys understand my point? And so God is, con- thank you, is continually revealing himself in that way so that we can appreciate the beauty of his holiness. That's the way the Bible describes it when it talks about the garments of God. And, and so, if you will... Uh, that's the way God does things. He gives his enemies a fair chance. He keeps his promises. He continually reveals more of himself to us. One last statement on that, one question. How many of you all know God better today than the day you got saved? It's been a wonderful journey, has it, of discovery and, and, and learning who God is. And then the, the, the fourth thing I want us to see is he pays attention to our circumstances. Y'all believe that? Y'all believe God pays attention to your circumstances? Verse 5, look what the Bible says. The Bible says, I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel. Let me just ask a question here. Has he done anything about it yet? The answer is no, he hadn't done anything yet. Everything up to this point has been preliminary. Nothing has happened yet. They've not been delivered one lick. And he says this just so that they can understand. Because you've got to remember, the people just came to Moses and said, you have not helped us at all. And Christian, I've got to tell you, sometimes we can forget that there is a God in heaven who hears our prayers. And he knows what we're going through. How many of y'all believe that God knows there's a purpose for it? All things work together for good. And the 400 years that they had been in Egypt were for good. And the years that they've been suffering were for good. And the fact that they don't have any straw for their bricks is good. Come on. kind of hard when you're the one without the straw for the bricks though isn't it and you might even come and say I don't understand I don't understand 
God could say this, well, just wait. Because <laughs> I got something amazing coming up. By the way, didn't he? Please listen to me, because to be quite honest with you, I, I know that this statement maybe comes down as a hammer. <laughs> but this is the way God's always done it. It's the way God's always done it. I've heard. I've seen. I know what's going on in Egypt. Amen? Now watch what I'm going to do. Can I tell you the wonderful thing about that? Is if you'll embrace that promise, you can live the rest of your life with a sense of anticipation. I'm going to say that again. You can live the rest of your life with a sense of anticipation. Instead of a constant state of victimization and dread. God, how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? And by the way, he could, he could take us home. He could do a miracle. He could not do a miracle. We, we, don't, we know all things work together for good. But we know this. This is the way he's always done it. He pays attention to our, our circumstances. I can't help but think of a song again. Does Jesus care when my heart is pain? Amen. Yes, he cares. I know he cares. Amen. If I could remember lyrics like Jimmy could, I'd sing it for you. I love that song. Jesus knows. Well, why isn't he doing anything? Well, please take this the right way. You might want some perspective. They've been doing this for 400 years. <laughs> Sometimes, and hey, how many of y'all know this? Sometimes you're not the one that needs to see. Sometimes it's others that need to see you. Amen? Last of all, he desires to show himself mighty on our behalf. Look what he says in verse 6. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. <laughs> you know, the Bible tells us that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, desiring to show himself mighty on our behalf. And can I just tell you, I believe it applied then, I believe it applies now. Amen. And he's going to and fro, and he says, who can, I, who can I show myself mighty? And you say, they say, yes, I'm going to get what I want. No, you missed it. You missed it. The whole point was so people could see him be mighty. Amen. Why? Because then they could take him, they could say, you know what, I could believe in a God like that. Could you believe in a in a God that wants you to blow yourself up so that you could get 72 virgins in paradise? Could you believe in a God that only blesses some? Mindy the other day, and I'll, I'll be done. Mindy was being pretty keen to observe the other day, and we passed a car. It was a fancy. You remember what kind of car it was, huh? It was a, it was a Mustang, but folks, these new Mustangs started at about fifty thousand dollars. 
I mean, that's not the one. I'm talking about the preacher that you saw. It was a Mustang also. And this guy got out, and man, he's got the tailored suits. He got the rings and the watches. Come on now, amen. And God's so good to me. And yet his congregation's probably impoverishing themselves to give it to him. Amen. His license plate said clergy. We weren't guessing. He was telling the world he was a preacher. <laughs> Please take this the right way. That's discouraging to a lot of people. As a matter of fact, it turns more people away from, the God, from God than it brings to him. Amen. You know what God said? He says, now that everything's in place, watch what I'm about to do. Watch what I'm about to do. By the way, have you all read the end of the book of Exodus? Did he take care of business? Yeah, he sure did. But he said this. He says, these things got to be in place first. got to give him a chance. Okay? And he did. He gave him a chance. i got to keep my promises. And he's going to keep his promises. i got to reveal myself to the world so that people can know me and to call on me. And he did. He paid attention to their circumstances. He, listen, he knew the very hairs on their head and how that they were suffering. Okay? And he desires to show himself mighty on our behalf. You know, one of the greatest ways that God can show himself mighty here this morning is if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you might ask this question. Do you think God could save a sinner like me? Well, folks, how many of y'all know the answer to that one? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But you know, every once in a while, maybe we just need to come and say, God, I know you see me, but just give me the strength that I need. Lord, be with those who I'm ministering to. I don't know. I don't know what the Lord would do with this message, but I know this. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We saw who he was yesterday. That means who he is today. Whatever you need from him, he's here for you. And I just encourage you to come at the invitation. Let's all stand, if you would. Number 296 is a, is a challenge.